Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. Whitney Wiley, a member of the Fab Five Ladies, and I am joined today by Sarah Taylor, Kathleen L., and Catherine Ford. How are you, ladies? Hello, hello, hello. So we're already having a good time before we even got started recording today, so... We got the giggles just as we were starting the show. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about flipping the script. And so ordinarily, I think when people hear that phrase, they think about bouncing back from something that's a challenge or maybe having a rock bottom moment. But we're going to be talking about those moments where things are going one way and you just decide to go in a a different direction. And it doesn't always have to be that things are going horribly wrong. Just maybe there's a moment of intuition or something else that that says, I'm just going to do this a different way. So let's hear what you got, ladies. Well, I definitely have something to contribute here. When I turned 40, we all know that's just such like a pivotal moment in our life. And I don't know, I think even more for women, we kind of worry over it or obsess over it. And things were going really well when I turned 40. I was at a good weight. You know, I was pretty happy with that. I had recently gotten married to the love of my life after having dated him for 11 years. It took us a little bit. (laughs) And career-wise, I started a team in my real estate business and I, I was looking at my business in a different way. And then my partner and I had an opportunity to purchase another team. Again, things were just going really, really well. But I was working hard. I was definitely up at 5.15 for boot camp. I was headed to meetings at 7 in the morning for a 7.30 meeting. Kind of glad I'm not still doing those. But And then, uh, you know, working all day. The hustle was happening and I was feeling good about it. And things were happening. We were really growing. We're in a huge growth pattern. And I remember my partner sending something to me about Tony Robbins on Facebook. He actually messaged me on Facebook about a business mastery event. And we were in this huge growth phase and we had all of these different opportunities. So I thought, you know what, that type of coaching or that type of information is exactly what I needed. I didn't have an MBA. I don't even have a college background. I've taken a little bit of college, but it really just wasn't my thing. And so I Guys, I guess I've been hiding under a rock. I didn't even know who Tony Robbins was. 
<laughs> and a lot of people make fun of me for that, but I don't. I, I tend to to not know who gurus around the world are, unless you're Gandhi <laughs> or Mother Teresa. <laughs> but so we took a chance and we went and. It was great. I had been in an accident that year and there was this weird challenge that came up during the event and it was either a make it or break it moment for me. I had a brain injury during a workout session that spring and the workout band hit me in the face and it caused this massive concussion. My eyes were both cut severely and the result of that was I became very light sensitive to LED lights. And I didn't know Tony's Robbins show was going to be like a rock a concert. Rock concert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I got there and the first morning I couldn't, I, when lights happen like that, what would happen inside of me is have this like panic attack. And it was like a fight or flight, like I had to leave. I couldn't be in the light. Like it was, it was just so intense in my brain, that feeling, that reaction I was having. So I looked at my partner who knew I had this condition and I, I was like, I can't stay. I cannot stay. I don't know what to do. I had my sunglasses on. I had my head down every time the lights would come on, but I was panicking and I was having massive anxiety. So one of the make it or break it moments for me was to leave. And I called my husband. I said, I don't know what to do. I said, I only have like a couple of Xanax that might help me calm down through the feeling, right? Because part of what I was having was panic of your, I felt, I, I don't know how to describe it other than I have a fight or flight reaction to it. And it's very intense. And so I called my husband. He said, well, I don't know what else to do, but to get you welding glasses. And I'll go to Home Depot and I'll get you some welding glasses and I'll see if I can find some other medicine for you that, you know, maybe some herbs that'll calm you down and I'll I'll mail it. I'll overnight it. Don't leave. Uh, Because I was crying outside. I was like, I spent all this money on this ticket. They were not refunding me. Promise you that if it was over just, you know, illness. And so I didn't know what to do, but he helped me through that moment and I was able to stay. And I had, I wore welding glasses, sometimes two pair. So I would wear my sunglasses and then I had this huge goggle set that I would wear over top of that. And that was about the only way I could hold my head up during his events with all these massive lights flashing. And I'm new fashion. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and as you know, in a Tony Robbins event, you're getting up on the chair, standing and dancing. Yes. I mean, we were, I was not missing a moment of celebrating being there and playing all out, but I couldn't have done it without these damn goggles and these welding <laughs> glasses. And I was so grateful my husband even thought of it. Like, I guess he just pictured the flashback from welding. And was like, that must be what you feel is like that burning sensation. So I got through it. I definitely got some looks. I was on the video camera quite often. I got to get her up there. But all I can say is, you know, it was a turning point. I was either getting on a plane that day and or I was going to stay and I was going to work it out. And I chose the latter. And I'm so grateful I did because the bigger story here is that that was the funny part of the story is actually shortly after that, I started not feeling well. And I kept finding myself searching for energy. 
And that's the best way I know how to describe it. I thought, oh shit, here it is. I'm 40. I'm losing my energy. I'm losing my edge. I don't feel well. And the only thing I knew how to describe that was, is I just kept seeking B12 shots. Like somebody told me about B12 shots. They'll give you energy. They'll make you feel great. I wanted B12 shots immediately. I Somebody told me that if I did a juicing diet, that I was going to juice for 90 days and get as clean as possible. And I did that. You name it, I did it. Literally, if it was in the health industry as something that was going to give me back my energy to include my HIIT workouts, my boot camps, my yoga, my walking, I did it all. And the hard part is the more I did that, the more I wound down. Mm. And I felt like an energizer bunny, except I wasn't energized. I was the opposite. I felt like I was just winding down and winding down and winding down to where it became really hard. I, I would come home from Orange Theory class at six in the morning and I would actually nap for another hour. I would take my shower and I would lay back down so exhausted, I would nap. And then I started to realize there's something bigger wrong. Something massive Mm. was wrong. But during that time, to bring it back to Tony Robbins, I had met a woman on Facebook named Carolyn Rem. And she runs this amazing group. And I give her all of the credit in the world because she ran a, it's called Spark Your Inner Rockstar. And for me, what that group was about was realigning myself with a positive message and taking back control of my life and writing out what my destiny was going to be. So during a time period where I was falling and losing energy and still trying to keep up with everything I was doing, I had this amazing group. And in the group, you get an accountability group. So you meet I'm pretty sure it was every week we met for an hour. And then you had three calls a week with her. And that was meditation calls. And then we had Joseph McClendon on the calls. So if you know Joseph McClendon, he's all about the power of positive. Love him. Yes. And setting your intentions and knowing where you're headed in your future and being intentional about making those decisions. And so... It was almost like perfect timing. And I tell people to this day that if I hadn't had that start, I almost can guarantee you that the journey I've had over the last two and a half years with my health would have led me to probably self-sabotage. I'm pretty certain I would have lost my marriage or found a way to make it so uncomfortable that it would just been easier to be alone in my own misery of unwell And I think I would have been in a very, very dark, depressed, unhealthy place. Where that would have taken me, I'm not certain. I'm not certain to this day. And I don't want to know or think about it. What I do know was the timing was perfect. And I flipped my script, right? From something that I started you know, several years back and ending up into this long journey of losing energy and becoming more unwell almost every day, I was in a place where I was surrounding myself with people who pulled me up and people who encouraged me to stay on top of it. Some days 
I would literally take a shower and just get on the call. And then I would go back to bed. But I literally just wanted to make sure I got on that call to be encouraged to be positive, to be reminded to manifest the life that I really wanted. And part of that manifestation was healthiness. So eventually it led me to a doctor who diagnosed me with 10 different things going on to include Lyme's disease, an infection of the brain, had six surgeries last year, which is a major sinus surgery, five dental surgeries, all working on ridding my body of infection. I had a small bacterial infection in my upper intestines, a parasite that I had to fight. And that's only the beginning of the list. There were several other things going on within my body. I do know, though, if I hadn't stayed at that Tony Robbins event and I hadn't continued to follow a path that was going to lead me in the right direction, that I'd not be on this call with you ladies, for one. And for two, I, I would be single, depressed, and probably living in a small apartment somewhere trying to figure out how I was going to work to pay for a medical bill, to pay for another medical bill, to pay for another medical bill. That's not been my journey at all. It hasn't been easy. It wasn't fun. Sometimes this time, you know, even last week wasn't fun for me, but, but I'm able to hold on to my faith. I'm able to hold on to my belief in myself and the power of manifesting the life I want and being intentional about that. And So to have been able to go through that journey and then to run into ladies like you, because that journey continued. I I was with Carolyn's group, which led me to meet Michelle Sorrow, which led me to meet Patty, which led me to you ladies. You know, it's just a trickle effect. Mm -hmm. And somehow we're all connected on the back end too of, of how that has all led us together as well. So I want to say, you know, sometimes it's the small things that we do early on that flip the script or what guides us later and that's such all because your husband all because your husband your amazing husband brought you welding glasses so Mm -hmm. how awesome is that that you had a husband to bring you welding glasses which (laughs) leads me to my story Sometimes no welding glasses in your future, <laughs> Kathleen. So good. <laughs> and then there's the other side of whether you should be married or not married. <laughs> Sarah's story is beautiful, and I love it that she had a husband that encouraged her to to stay because it was so important to her, and it just really it really changed her life in a really very positive way. So I love that, and I'm grateful that he brought you welding glasses. And the yeah. next time we get together, I'm going to get some welding glasses and put them on so we can interview with our <laughs> welding glasses on. <laughs> I have a, a more comical story, which I can look back at and just laugh at, that I didn't see Well, I did see. Well, I chose to ignore message after message after message after message not to get married the second time I got married. So I was single for quite some time after my kids, father and I completed our marriage. And there was this guy that came into my life. I should have, well, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say I should have known he was a used car salesman. So I should have known. (laughs) 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 That was just so that's so stereotypical and I'm not judgmental and 
I ran for Senate to that, that year and I lost the race by just under 200 votes. And literally within a couple of weeks, he proposed to me while we're standing at a, like the whole process is just comical because we went to my son's basketball game, high school basketball game at another school. And he pulls out a check out of his pocket and he says, hey, I thought we'd go buy your ring this weekend. <laughs> and I'm like, are you asking me to marry you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so one, that's a little off. So I said, yes. Anyways, long story. We go through this whole process he proposes where the invitations go out and we have this big blow-up. He accuses me of something that was totally inappropriate and not even close to being okay. And I threw the ring back at him and said, no, I'm not getting married. And I end up doing it because I said I would do it. And I take the ring back and I say, okay, I will. And we had agreed to go to a very nice place for our honeymoon And the only job he had was to actually make sure that we had a hut on the water, on the ocean, like in the ocean, so where you could be in the ocean. And I'm like, anything else, I I planned it, I did it all. And I'm like, make sure this is the only thing I'm asking for you to do. Just make sure that that's what we have. And so he comes back, I asked, he said, yep, it's all taken care of, it's good. So we had an outdoor wedding planned. So multiple things occurred. First, he accused me of something that was totally inappropriate. No, no need to bring it up. But I was like, no, that like I, I know this is wrong. I know I shouldn't be doing this. But I said yes. So I have to do this. Invitations were out. We we're having a nice wedding at a very nice place in Stowe, Vermont. It was going to be outside. The morning of the wedding, he stayed with his sister and brother-in-law. And he was totally hungover, and we had had an agreement that he wouldn't be at that wedding you know, that that's what wasn't going to occur. And I said, if that happens and I find out, then I'm not marrying you. Needless to say, I found out and I still went through it. So I still <laughs> like questioning myself. So there's what, three? There's three, three. And then there's like this major, almost like a tornado in Vermont. Like it was so bad, the thunderstorm and lightning, like it was like, it was awful. And so we had to move the wedding inside. So there's four. And upstairs in the suite with my children and my my mom and just all my friends. And I'm kind of like a fun person. And all of a sudden, I'm like, get out. Everybody get out now. Like, I'm like screaming at people to get out of my place because I didn't want it. Well, just before that, my friend who is my cosmetologist is doing my hair and I burst out crying. And she goes, I'm sorry, I'll be doing, I'll be doing. I'm like, no, it's not you. Never mind. It's okay. So there's like five or six messages or that I shouldn't be doing this. And then they call. So, um, you know, everyone's downstairs. The wedding planner calls and says, um, we're all set for you now. And just everybody's waiting for you. So we're, I'm like, I told you I'd be right down. <laughs> and like three different times she called. And the last time I'm like, stop calling. I'll be down. And so my dad's there with me. And I'm standing, when I finally go downstairs, I'm standing back and the tears start to roll down my cheeks. And my dad looks at me and says, we don't have to walk that way. We can walk that way, which is the opposite direction. And I said, no, I said I would, so I have to. And I walked down the aisle. 
and married him. And so the night of, I might have drank way too much tequila. So needless <laughs> to say, you know what happens there, you just pass out. <laughs> then we hop on the plane and go off to where we're going. And as, I'm fly- as we're flying down into land in this place, I start to have a panic attack on the plane. And I was like, <gasps> but the only panic attack I've ever had in my life and the first thought that went through my mind, I know this is awful, I'm totally spilling my guts here, but the first <laughs> thought I had in my mind was, what the hell am I going to do with this guy for 10 days all by myself? Oh. <laughs> that was that, that was that like, oh. So then we go to dinner, I come back and I suddenly got ill, like food poisoning. <laughs> so we sleep again. <laughs> so we get to the place that we're going because we had a, like a layover. We get to the place we're going. We go to check in. And not only did we not have the hut in the water, we were in the main building looking at the mountains, not at the water. I flipped out. <laughs> like I was the crazy, the crazy bitch that you could imagine. I'm like, the one thing you're supposed to do and you can't even get that right. <laughs> like, so as we come back, his son steals my car, has pot in it. You know, there's like the whole story around that. We agree to how we're going to handle it. We go to sit down with his son at the table and he totally turns on me. Like he totally takes his son's side. Now, I was a legislator, so I knew enough people in town that knew I wasn't around, that my car was out there and that he was driving in. There was all kinds of things happening. And so just there was... It lasted three months. You know, like the day that I chose to, something happened with my kids. And I was like, okay, kids, I promised you we'd go sledding. I promised you will never have to deal with him again. And so that night I told the kids to go ahead and get in the car and we'll go sledding with your friends. And so you and your kids, your friends go and get in the car. I'll be right there. I take him into the bedroom and say, you gotta go, not happening. <laughs> so within three months, our marriage is done and I go sledding with my daughter and my, my son, you know, like in their <laughs> friends. And just like, <laughs> this was not about him. However, this is about me saying that I would do something and knowing in the, it was just do not do something that you do not want to do. Don't do it just because you said you would do it. Just trust your inner instincts and, and live for what, it was a turning point for me to really honor myself. And I just thought it was, it's hilarious, actually. I look back and I'm like, oh my God, just like so many, great <laughs> so <story>. many signs. <laughs> so many twists. But it really is true about, you know, gosh. You do it all the time. Dollar for every time I just ignored my intuition, ignored my gut. And it would have definitely saved me some heartbreak and, uh, pain in the past. But at the same time, there's always lessons in that. But certainly I would say that has been a big lesson for me over the years. It always comes back to listen to your intuition, Catherine, listen to your gut. It always comes back, you know? The the key is here is like, if you're getting married because you're afraid of who's going to get the honey, because there's no return on the honeymoon stuff. Bring your best friend, bring your mother, bring your, bring someone else because you can go with someone else. You do not have to go with the person that you are going to get married to. Absolutely. (laughs) 
How many times has that been a scene in a movie, right? <laughs> Some totally different people end up on the honeymoon. Talk about flipping the script and right. having, having some change happen. <laughs> what yeah, about you, flipping, Catherine? Flipping, yeah, I was just going to add, you know, to flipping the script, like it can be like these big major moments, right? Or, or you know, really challenging situations where you go, all right, not another second, not another moment. Tony talks about this, Sarah, you know, am I dealing with or having this happen in my life, right? Or, you know, and for me, you mentioned Tony Robbins, Sarah. I mean, my first Tony Robbins event definitely was this, like opening the floodgates of this whole new learning and this whole new level of like consciousness. And I think flipping the script, whether it's big or small moves or changes in our life, it first starts with this new consciousness, this new knowing, this new awareness, right? Because I always say this, we don't know what we don't know, right? And like, we can have like these desires and these visions or these pictures of how we want our lives to be, what we dream of, but we also have things that get in our way, right? And so of achieving those dreams, whether they're big or small, we mentioned earlier, you know, it's like small things that you just do on a day-to-day basis, but it's like this awareness, like, you know, now, you know, one of the things that it's, it's like an everyday flip in the script because we have different personalities. It's like multiple personality disorder is real in all of us. Okay. You're not alone. I don't care if a doctor diagnosed you or not. There's all these parts of us where none of us are just one thing. Right. And then so with that, we got like all these voices happening, you know, and like, I feel really proud of myself and of what I accomplished, but I still deal with those voices of those old beliefs of not being enough or not being enough for other people or not doing the right thing or the wrong thing or just this whole thing of being enough. Right. We've all I think that's one of a core where we are all united where we all have this fear of not being enough, right? And so for me, like going to like events like Tony or having masterminds or podcasts, I mean, you start getting these new like levels of consciousness about, you know, how we've got to flip the script, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, how for me, you know, when these voices start to come in about not being enough for myself or for other people or, you know, it's like, that next level, and again, if our girl Claudette was here, she's traveling, we'd be asking new questions. We'd be saying, is this really true? Is this really the truth? Is this really what I want? Could it really be this story that's in my mind? Paying attention to the stories in our mind is so powerful. Another big takeaway from Tony Robbins, he he talks all the time, change your story, change your life. So I think of scripts as the stories, the beliefs, are they empowering? Are they disempowering? And getting to know them because they're pretty like my not enough story has been with me for a long time. I've gotten a lot better with it, but it still creeps in, right? And I, But I know that now, you know? And sometimes it, I feel super alone and sad for a second from it. And then sometimes I go, I'm going to go for a little run. Or I'm going to put some music on and dance. Or I'm going to do a meditation or I'm going to, 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to handle it. Or sometimes I just, I just roll in through the emotion. I ex- examine because it doesn't feel good when it creeps in. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you go, all right, let me look at this. So just, I think consciousness and flipping the script is, I love it. Is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and from, you know, the painful situations, like I can think of like turning points in my life were, you know, around breakups with mm-hmm. my boyfriends at the time. I remember one from my twenties and I was super, you know, feeling like the heartbroken feeling, feeling that pain, but I'd always had a dream to live by the beach. And so I was getting out of this long relationship and, you know, a lot of drama had happened and it was very challenging, but I go, you know what? I've got some girlfriends moving to California. It's probably a good time to get out of town and go on this little journey to California. I'd always like always had these dreams of living by the beach and I had never even been to California, but I had some girlfriends going. And so, you know, I said, this is a great time. And I followed that. And it was one of the best moves of my life. I began this like massive sort of healing process and what better place to do it It was in Cali. And so that was a big turning part in my life of healing from, you know, painful situation that involved friends and boyfriends. It was just super messy and, you know, going after my dreams, going to a whole new place and standing on my own two feet. My career had elevated to the next level by that move. Like so many parts that I had gone, I went on so many amazing adventures. I, you know, did a trip across country for two weeks and just really explored. And, you know, I knew I needed to be single. I was single for many years and I needed that time to heal to just really dig in deep and just, it slowed me down. You know, that was a flip of a, of a script. It slowed me down and it, it lightened my heart. It lightened the conditions that I was putting on people for my happiness. And it was because I was so hard on myself too. And it's almost like sometimes it takes like your heart breaking a little bit to like go, all right, I got to flip this. I got to lighten this. I've got a change, right? And then most recent, another breakup uh, a couple of years ago, you know, feeling pretty hurt, challenged. And, but realizing, looking at it, it was just more of the same kind of guy that wasn't the right guy for me. I was putting right. my dream of my business on hold. I kind of lost myself a little bit. And and that breakup, I, when after, you know, I, I realized I have to walk away from this relationship to grow. And I did. It was so hard. It's so hard letting go. But I went after it just started. It was like something flipped. The script flipped in me. And I was like, I am no more putting my dreams on hold. No more, more of the same that just is not working. And I went to a Tony event. And it's like my world has shifted in so many ways. But it's this constant working on flipping the script on the day-to-day basis. And then also, you know, turning the desires into reality each and every day in every little way really adds up. So it's interesting that, and when I think about the story that I want to share, which I think I've touched on before, incorporates things that I see from each of the three of you that I will use kind of as the wrap up of how to make the flip 
And so interestingly enough, Kathleen, you talked about the storm on the day of the wedding. The day I got married to Michael, we were getting married outside and it had been beautiful for weeks. It yeah, rained it. <laughs> incessantly nonstop that morning. We had to move the wedding from outdoors to indoors. And I was in a moment, I was like, Ugh. and someone, a friend says to me, is a wet knot is harder to untie. And so I've held on to that as, you know, that kind of this metaphor for, you know, it's going to be okay. And at the time I was going through the transition and it's something that has been because Michael has been in my life where I stopped letting everything that didn't go my way. I was, let's just put it this way. I wasn't a go with the flow kind of girl. <laughs> right. So we really? talked about really? we've we've talked oh. about going with the flow and there was a period of my time where I absolutely was not. I'm better. I'll just leave it at that. I'm better. I'm not fully there, but I am much better. So before Michael came back into my life, I had spent some time an extended period of time single and I was not a happy single person. I have felt like I was someone who just kind of was made for marriage. And so when the first marriage didn't work out, you know, I thought it would be a short period of time before I got with someone and married. It didn't work out that way. And like you, Catherine, I needed to be single. And then there came a point in time when while I was single, I needed to learn what it meant to be married. And I think I'm still learning what it means to be married eight years later, but I'd like to think he thinks I'm better <laughs> than, than I was. So I made a choice. And so my flip really was, I made a choice one day that I had to be happy with the life that I was living, that I couldn't spend all my time and energy fretting about being single and until I embraced where I was, whether it was single or married, I needed to embrace and be happy where I was with myself and then do what I needed to do to change the situation. Until I did that, nothing was going to change. And it did begin to change. I ended up in marriage class as a single person, because the pastor who ran the class talked me into it. His wife hounded, they both of them hounded me for months about going to marriage class. And so maybe I they knew went. Michael was there. <laughs> he wasn't there. Well, maybe spiritually he was there. Yeah. But yes, I went, so I went to marriage class and then the summer before we got reconnected. I did this four-week Bible study called Loving Well. And then, you know, the piece about intuition that uh, you mentioned, Kathleen, and, and following your intuition. And after that class, there was just this drop of Michael's name into my consciousness. And I, and I didn't know why. I hadn't thought about him in years, but I followed up. 
And it was, it easily could have been something that I could have said, where'd that name come from? Which I did. And then just went on with my life. But mm. I, it, it dropped. I followed up. I tracked them down across the country through LinkedIn. Uh, not recommending LinkedIn as a match.com or anything like that, but it worked for us. <laughs> And, but it was about paying attention, right? To listening to the voices and not reliving the story. So all of the things that you guys have talked about become a part of, or I see as a part of the story of how, at least as, as it relates to this aspect of my life, how I sort of flipped the script on that. And, you know, I just thought as you were talking, uh, Kathleen said, wow, one more thing that we have in common, right? We went from the politics, our sons, and then the wedding day with storms and whatnot. It <laughs> yeah, did you're actually, a, it, well, yes, it did. You're not, you're not state-tied, mine fortunately <laughs> did not. <laughs> Okay. Yes. The key for me, yes. the key for me, really is the, the message I'd like people to to hear is, don't make decisions when you're in fear, when you're lonely, when you're sad. You know, when like you're those pain, decisions. Absolutely, yeah, those yes. decisions are based out of fear-driven, ego-driven decisions. They're not based from your heart and your soul. Your soul absolutely. wants more for you than that, and that's really what the the, the reason why I prepared my soul with that particular story was that message. It's just know that you're worth more than that. And so is the person that you're getting married to. You know, they're just as worth. They deserve to have someone that loves them unconditionally and fully. They don't deserve to have someone marry them because they said they would. That's <laughs> like, true. No. Right. So Sarah, I'm going to let you have the last word. Mm, the last word. Uh, I think we're just all in control of managing how we flip our script. And it seems like when we listen to our intuition, mm. when we follow the guidance that's being set out in front of us every day, we're able to drive the train in the right direction. And know that we are flipping the script to benefit the better of the entire world. Because every time and every day we are better, we're serving our world and our community and ourselves and our family to the highest, right? So yes, I think it's important to pay attention and flip your script. Absolutely. Thank you, ladies. And if you would like to share with us how you have flipped your script, we would love to hear from you. Have a great rest of your day, ladies. Bye-bye. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.